Frontline Gaming presents 40K Stat Center with your hosts, Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon. In the first action we've seen since COVID-19, we take off like a crocket to cover the alley. Nope, not going to do that. But while the rest of us were self-isolating, two defiant pairing platforms decided to get a whole lot closer than six feet. We take the masks off of the BCP, down under pairings, pairing. This is Chat Center. Why, hidey ho, folks. It's really, really nice to get to do that silly intro over that hilarious and ridiculous intro music. I hope you're happy to hear us. Well, in reality, it's just me here for the intro this evening. You see, Pete and I got together with the gentlemen from Best Coast Pairings and Down Under Pairings, which you may may not even know have merged together to form one union known as Best Coast Pairings. I guess that makes sense. They were already the best coast pairings, so you can't really top that. Down Under Pairings is down. Anyway, it makes sense that they kept the BCP branding um, but it has been a really great development over the last couple of months as they sort of teased it out and then uh, have recently been hitting the media circuit. Peter and I, of course, are podcast listening de- degenerates and uh, have heard them on other shows. And we thought to ourselves, hey, we can ask them way better questions than that. So that's a shot fired across the bow of not only this unholy union of BCP and Not Under Pairings, but also other podcasts out there because we're changing format, guys. It turns out you have to adjust in these times. In the time of a pandemic, you have to evolve to stay relevant. And we've decided to go from 40K Stat Center to 40K Chat Center because I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's really the whole thing. So essentially, we're going to just do an interview. We're going to do a nice and in-depth interview with those fellas. Peter is on the show, although he's pretty quiet until we actually start talking about stats. I thought he'd jump in. He was a little bit intimidated, I think. Josh Diffie's Australian. Throws people off, I know. So he's there. Don't worry. He's here. If you're if you're not a Hef fan, if you're a Falcon person, that's fine. I get it. He's got feathers. He's well-spoken. Thick, luscious beard. I only have a mustache. It's understandable that you might play favorites with the host. And that's okay. That's why there's two of us. Of course, if you're interested in this format and you'd like us to do more, or maybe you've got some ideas for things that we should be doing that isn't this... Feel free. Leave a comment or a message on perhaps our Facebook page. If we get this up on YouTube, hit up the YouTube comments. Maybe just yell at whatever you're listening to podcasts on. Just try and communicate to us what you'd like to hear. I was actually recently thinking, there's probably people out there who want to hear from all sorts of different folks. So if there's someone that you'd like us to do sort of an in-depth interview with or just get on the show to have a nice chat with, please let us know. Dare to dream. Throw, throw throw up a target for us. Throw up someone uh, that maybe you haven't heard on a podcast yet out there because uh, there's a lot of people who get around on podcasts. Speaking of which, Peter and I have been re- appearing regularly in a similar chatty fashion on The Honest Wargamer. It's uh, The Honest Wargamer on Twitch uh, with Rob Symes, formerly known as Warhammer Rob, a great man of wargaming and uh i get up at 7 a.m peter gets up at 5 a.m and uh, rob rolls out of bed at noon and uh, does a live stream every tuesday he's actually been live to air every single day since the lockdown started i think he's around 
70 episodes in a row right now, which is hilarious. So Peter and I have helped out probably with five or six of those. So if you're desperate for Heffelfinger Falcon content, that's a great place to go. Peter also made a really good appearance on the Best in Faction podcast. It was their two-year anniversary. They had some great characters on there, and uh, Peter was outstanding. We, of course, also continue to appear here on the Frontline Gaming Network, occasionally showing our voices on Chapter Tactics, and we're always listening to Art of War, as well as our friends, Reese and Frankie, telling us how it is on Signals from the Frontline. That's about it, folks. I don't think there's any reason more to belabor the point. I hope you're all staying optimistic, hopeful that one day you might be able to get out and do stuff you love again. And I think that day is coming soon. The world seems to be waking up a little bit. So hopefully this little interview here is just that piece of content that you needed because you've literally run out of everything else to listen to or watch. I get it. That's pretty much why I made this show. So thanks a lot, folks. Hope you enjoy it. Tournament news is made possible by bestcoastpairings.com. Download the BCP TO app to organize events for just about any tabletop game system. Download the player app to easily find and participate in events from around the world. Around the world. Subscribe to BCP for as little as $5 a month to support the team and unlock additional features available for iOS and Android. Bestcoastpairings.com. Competitive events easier all right everybody as promised the falcon and i have brought in two of the finest guests perhaps our first non-playing guests ever on 40k now chat center thank you covid um we of course have joshua diffie from down under pairings say hello g'day and then of course the one and only paul mckelvey of uh best coast pairings fame Howdy. How y'all doing? Now, in case uh, any of you missed it, we wanted to get these guys into a uh, virtual room here because there was a great merger uh, in the competitive 40K world. We have two fellas here, along with their wider teams, who have dedicated a good chunk of their adult lives to developing pairing systems. And they're a little bit of uh, crosstown rivals for a little while. Uh, either spoken or unspoken. So maybe I just love to just off the top. Uh, maybe we'll start with with Diff. What what is it that that made you want to spend so much time making you know down under pairings? What why why was this something that like really captured your imagination and decided to spend your free time on it? <laughs> yeah. So it um it started uh, in like 2015, maybe 2014. Uh, I ran events, and at the time. Uh, there was uh, only one, I'd, I'd say, cloud or web-based pairings um, solution out there um, that kept shit in the bed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I used it a bunch of times. And it didn't do everything I wanted to do. And I had the skill set to make my own. And a couple of mates kept saying stop bitching about it and do something about it and so i did um and so it started off very basic because that's all i needed it for and then uh where i live uh in the the deep the deep south um uh down in australia we we're we do things a bit differently down here uh for for some reason um a lot isolation perhaps yeah possibly a lot of our states had varying um composition scores 
uh, for 40k, which is like a yeah. handicap um, or a soft score, or a pl yeah. someone says your army's too tough, go home. Um, yeah, Pablo. Kind of Pablo still thinks community comp exists. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I can I can say that categorically. Um, and so uh, that just made things harder and harder, and so to to manage for big events. And so I built that into it, and it kind of just then evolved into the beast that it is today. Right on. And yeah, it started, uh, started from a need that I had. Okay, well that's that's good. Selfishness uh, is 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 a perfectly fine motivation. Uh, Paul, what about yourself? Why why uh, why start up BCP? Well, uh, after I, uh, I I took the win for the first ITC there, uh, I got asked to run a couple tournaments locally, and I'd never done it before, even though I'd been to I don't know a couple. I don't know, 100 events Wait at that Wait a minute, you sort of just left that off. Did you say you took the win for the first ITC there? Yes. <laughs> you, you, are the, you are the inaugural ITC champion? I knew that, but maybe our audience doesn't know that we were in such uh, distinguished company here. Oh, it's, uh, it was a much different world back then. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw the big check hang on my wall. That's Pretty, awesome. Yeah. What was, what was the first check for? Uh, two grand. That ain't bad. Yeah, no. Especially, I mean, it was secret. Like, no one knew it was coming back then. So, like, when it happened, it was just, you know, we were just fighting for bra bragging rights, you know, and, and then uh, get down there, and here's this giant check sitting there. And that was, uh, it was a little unexpected. And actually, I mean, we used the, that first check was used to, as the, the you know, the, the business preparation fees for BCP and stuff like that, ultimately. That's um, incredible. But uh, it was, it was because of being asked to run tournaments uh, after that, that I, we, Basically, I, I said and Garrett and, and I were on the same competitive team, you know, and so said, hey, I got asked for this tournament. Don't know what I'm doing. Garrett kind of casually mentions I, I could build an app for that. And uh, a month later, we uh, were running the tournament in a, in a little event called Stockton Con in Stockton, California. And mm -hmm. uh, we used the, uh, the, the very alpha version of the app at that point, And it was uh, kind of popular. And the guys who were, who were there asked us to keep building it out. And so we... Uh, we kept working on it and then brought it to uh, FLG and the rest is history from there. Yeah, and like, I think like a lot of acronyms, the ITC, FLG, BCP, there some people kind of use them interchangeably in a lot of ways. How did that relationship start? How did you get um, to be sort of the... Because I remember the old days of listening to uh, signals from the front line and and you know you could you could hear the wear and tear in Reese's voice uh, <laughs> when he was like updating the ITC points that week. And I'm sure his spreadsheet was, uh, well, complicated. Um, so how did that wind up? How did you wind up sort of taking on, you know, running the, the rankings and stuff for the ITC? Well, uh, it was, I mean, I don't think a lot of people really understand how, how close-knit and small the, uh, the community was back then in, in NorCal. It was before the guys moved down south and everything. And so uh, everyone kind of saw everyone at tournaments and we were all kind of in the same group. And, it, you know, it was just kind of, even at that point, Garrett lived out in the Bay uh, and not in Virginia like he does now. And so he was going in, in, into the shop and talking to him and not exactly sure how it, it got, you know, to that point. But uh, I know that Garrett said, hey, this is this, you know, we need to come up with a way of, you know, marketing this to them and, and making it usable. And uh, just kind of the, the, the trail led down from that. I mean, I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, had to find a way to make it make it work. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was pretty, because I mean, my first real um, exposure to it, I don't even know if I was there the first year it was used at the LVO or if I just listened to it. 
but it was sort of interesting, like the sort of the coming out party for for uh, BCP was certainly uh, one of the LVOs. What four years ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't four years ago now. Yeah, and so yeah. you go ahead. Yeah, that was that was yeah, it would been four years ago. We had the it was very different system back then to what it is now. I mean, the LVO was, I mean, that year it took a jump from I think 180 to 300. Sure. Um, and that's the year that we kind of kicked it in and. That was kind of the spot where, you know, everyone kind of said that this, it, the, that event, an event that size wouldn't have happened without having some kind of pairing software to do it. People were still doing things mostly on spreadsheets at that point. Yeah. And I think it was just the, the mind, I think, you know, if BCP had uh, some secret sauce, it would be, you know, working with the ITC closely, but also you had an app. I mean, that was, that was mind blowing. Although you didn't realize that most of the world outside of California doesn't use an iPhone for a while. That's fine. Uh, because you had an app and I think that was... That was pretty wild. Now, down down under, uh, how are you guys like reacting and rolling? Because because I guess you guys started roughly the same time. Who was actually first? I could, well, I, I know our, our very first uh, live event. Um, so I guess our our um, our launching launching event was the 9th of April, twenty sixteen. So yeah, and it was an event called the Hunt. It, yeah, I mean, really, I talked about that before. I, ours, well, it was Broadside Bash, uh, April of 2016. Really, was, it was on 420. I, I just that that date stuck out to me for no particular reason. So, but no. so we beat you. We beat you. Down and Perry <laughs> beat you by like two weeks. That's yeah. amazing. And, I, was, and I'm uh, go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was LV. I mean, that was when we first. That was, that's the date we launched into uh, the public. Like the public would use us. I mean, because we were yeah. used at the LVO before that, which was in, in January. But it wasn't. No one else could use it at that point. I mean, the first beta test was in the October previous to that, or alpha test, I should say. Yeah. But it was. I mean, yeah. The, actually, the 420 was the, the launch in in the App Store. Like people could download it. Yep. But yeah, we, it's it's funny we hadn't talked about that before. <laughs> So how long how long was it before before you like uh, before you two were even aware that there was sort of a, a another pairing system sort of evolving almost at the exact same timeline? That's a good question too. Um, you know, I, I I really don't remember to be honest. There was there wasn't a because uh, there's I mean even outside of you know DUP and BCP there is there's a couple other systems out there too. I know. Um, so I mean Eight. I guess. <laughs> Haven't really uh, uh, kept uh, 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 a pulse on when when everything arose, but I mean, like, there's 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 a handful of other other competitors out there, and I just we just kind of I, I don't know I didn't mark it on a calendar or anything like that to, to be honest. That's when I started noticing it. Yeah. Well, I think I think from my side, I reckon it would have been I, th- I think it would have been in 2018 around CanCon weekend. I think maybe it was 2019 on CanCon weekend, um, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, CanCon used uh, Best Coast pairings, um, uh, and at the time I don't think I'd really paid much attention uh, to you know what people were using other than down under pairings. Yeah, because um, at the time I guess for us we when we launched it, it was well I launched it. Um, it was a new world. Uh, for tournament organizers, and they are a precious bunch. And I put myself in that same category. Um, <laughs> and some of them are a little 
slower to adopt change and some of them are a little scared of change and there were a lot of events where basically they wouldn't use it unless I was there um, to um, you know remind them to do something basically um, and that went away after time because they got used to it and I think it became the norm of having something mm-hmm. besides the spreadsheet that they've they've used for 20 odd years um, yeah uh, yeah but I think yeah, as as we as we probably got past the first year of down on pairings, um, I started reaching out to people outside my state because that was just a, a on the side thing for me. Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't traveling to an event outside of my state to to hold someone's hand, um, right? Because I didn't have time, or I was playing in the event. Because <laughs> at that time I was probably playing in three events a month. That's insane um, and awesome. Yeah, 20, 2016, I think 2016 was probably my busiest 40K year. Maybe, 20, yeah, around then. Well, we, we all experience peak 40K. We just don't know when it's going to be, guys. Um, so uh, I think I could talk to you guys about the, uh, the backstory uh, for a while, but I'd love to fast forward a little bit. And before we get to the rosy, um, you know, marriage between you guys, you know, I thought I might bring up the fact, you know, this year, uh, you know, January 2020, CanCon weekend, LVO weekend, maybe not uh, the smoothest weekends for either organization. Um, and, uh, you know, Diff, I, I think, you know, the, what happened at LVO this year, we've, we've covered elsewhere. But, you know, what sort of challenges did you run into uh, this year at, at CanCon? Yeah, so uh, CanCon was, uh, was was an Age of Sigmar event because for those uh, playing at home that that probably listen to you guys a fair bit, CanCon is kind of like uh, not to the same you know awe, but it's kind of the LVO of Australia. So it's a big convention. It's, it's a serious um, tournament. It's just yes, big. It's big, um, but it has multiple systems. So like Age of Sigmar, I think was two hundred and twenty odd people. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 40k, I can't remember the exact number, but it was around a hun- mid mid hundreds, maybe 150, 160. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was the biggest event we ran. I um, I tested the ever living uh, crap out of it because I was um, well, I, you know, we hadn't run an event that size. Um, I'd run mm-hmm. multiple events, like plenty of multiple event weekends that would have well and truly capped that amount of players. Um, but one of the things you learn pretty quickly when developing software of any kind uh, is when you have two to three hundred people hitting refresh on a page all at the exact same time is very different <laughs> than having 500 people hitting refresh sporadically over a weekend. Um, right. uh, so I yeah thought I had tested it thoroughly. I'd uh, worked my ass off to to um, to make sure it would work at at a, at a big size. Um, and it started off pretty good. Started off pretty good. Uh, and then I um, had some uh, some calls from the TO. From there were some concerns um, at specific times. Uh, and it wasn't just like end of round where I thought it might have been everyone trying to submit their scores. It was at really random times. Um, they were having performance issues. And mm-hmm. so I contacted my uh, hosting provider, uh, basically saying, you know, WTF, mate, because... Like I had actually contacted them, making sure that this would work, uh, and uh, they they started looking into it. And um, uh, it wasn't until that evening that they had confirmed that we were um, um, DOS attacked. 
um, which um, was surprising because it had never happened before. I'm not sure if it ever no. happened to BCP before. I know it happened to a, a, a to Torrent of Fire for the first ETC they tried to run. That's amazing. Um, so it's not like it's never happened before, um, but it just I I thought who would who would deliberately do that? Um, uh, and uh, so turns turns out people on the internet can be assholes. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, and and part of part of I think how um, the conversation kind of um, potentially the olive branch uh, was because obviously uh, things happened with with LVO which was uh, not the same issue but um, you know unbeknownst to me um, I, I knew things were happening um, to BCP at the same time and I reached out to I think it was Pablo at the time and basically said this is what's happening to us um, you might want to reach out to the BCP guys and just say hey you know. Could this be an issue? Um, turns out that wasn't the case, but uh, it was <laughs> a bit of an olive branch nonetheless. Um, and uh, I was uh, in the process of uh, of moving pretty much down under pairings to um, uh, what's called AWS or Amazon Web Services, um, which mm-hmm. is the, one of the big boys, like like Facebook and, and all that jazz. Um, and turns out BCP are on there too. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, my plan and then uh suddenly um the conversations with bcp happened and that kind of got sidetracked so before we get there uh peter and i of course uh that same weekend we're live to you uh, in las vegas um and uh paul you may not appreciate this but um i was experiencing technical failure of a smaller scale but nonetheless um uh, you know taking years off my life and making me go bald a little bit and um and so your delay actually bought us some time. Got Pete, you know, allowed us some time so that so that Pete could get get out there. And we actually covered what what round was that? That was when we were first up, Pete. The first round that we actually had full coverage was round three. There you go. Um, <laughs> round one and two, we had intermittent coverage, whatever we could get, right? Because um, you didn't know you could reboot a server remotely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my guy. Failed. The reason we failed was because my uh, my tech guy was was supporting an event uh, or or something in Japan, and so he was uh, living in in a very different time zone at that time. Uh, but anyway, neither here nor there, uh, Mr. McKelvey. I, I did talk to you a little bit immediately following that. So like, you know, Diff's going through that kind of stress. What's it feel like? You know, when you're when you got when when you know that's going on, and and you know you're just trying to get through the weekend. Wow, that is a uh, you know, I think the best way. I can say, you know, respond to that is, uh, you just think to yourself, 2020 can't get any worse. <laughs> and then, maybe, maybe too soon. Maybe too soon. <laughs> uh, you know, just a, a, a curveball. No, it was, a uh, it was, that was very stomach turning. That was, that was, it was very difficult. Um, uh, you know, man, I, I, the, the, the best way I, I can describe that is I don't ever want to feel a thousand sets of eyes staring at me again in that way. In that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different if you're up on, on stage, you know, and it's you know, a good thing, you know, that's, that's different. But when, when you got that many people looking at you and, uh, that's just, that's not a fun place to be. Yeah. Um, well, so Pete and I and, uh, and the team, which included Mr. Ed, Adam Camilleri, which is the, uh, the not so silent other half of, uh, DUP at the time and still is, I'm not even sure. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we were, we were up every night we were going up to, uh, 
to the hotel room and, you know, basically smelling each other's farts and, and uh, just talking about how amazing we were. But we were also kind of fantasizing about, you know, how cool it would be if these two organizations maybe one day, you know, either got, you know, either either hooked up or, or, or got talking and maybe conspired to make perhaps the greatest pairing system that the world had seen. And so it was a bit of a fantasy we had. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I brought up this fantasy in 2018, like back one of my first chapter tactics shows, um, because I'd been looking at both systems and I, I said it out loud. I was like, why don't these two guys get together? Because it would be the best of both worlds. And little did I know, Josh had no idea that BCP existed because he, you know, lives in a barn um, in the middle of nowhere, Australia. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's it. Uh, yeah, we we definitely had that talk. But I've been, you know, kind of espousing that for two years at this point, all well, year and a half, I guess, at this point. And uh, so yeah, so this is a cool manifestation of something I think we both uh, kind of hoped for. Um, and uh, I guess now we can start talking about that union. So you're cu- coming out of January. I don't know when. When did um, and how did this sort of union start percolating? Oh, you're you're uh, you're being a little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, humble in in how it got brought together. Uh, Mr. Huffinger, uh, we know that you were responsible for uh, dumping me and Adam in a room and kind of fireworks blew off from there. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Basically it, the conversation just flowed organically. It was, I, okay. Honestly, it went a lot like this. It was, you like 40 K? Yeah. Do you like 40 K? Yeah. Hey, we should work together on this. We all like 40 K. Do you yeah, like round pairings for 40 K? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's really, that's, that's how it kind of, how it, it's, we, we all have the, uh, the same vested interest in making sure the community grows. Uh, I mean, this has been part of my life for 20 years. It's, you know, it's, it's a, a big chunk of what I do. You know, and I think that the rest of my team is, is in that same boat and, and talking with the, the DUP crew was the, it was a, a mirrored message. And so it just kind of flowed organically and we decided it was better to, uh, to, to not work, uh, separately. And it was, it was kind of immediate, started working with each other. That's amazing. And so was there anything before that, like preventing this or was it just sort of, you know, sticking to your own lanes, kind of siloed and, you know, half a planet apart from one another? It was, uh, you know, I think that there was, uh, there was this unspoken, um, it was kind of like, I don't know what the best way to put it is. Uh, we thought that they had bad feelings towards us and they thought that we had bad feelings towards them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. it, it was, it was just kind of a, it, there was no reason for it. And, yeah. um, I, I don't know if we just, we, why we, none of, you know, either team decided to just kind of get over the barrier and just be like, Hey, is this real? You know, but how we did I, now, I think, um, I think it's probably fair to say it's the Australians fault in this situation. Like not specifically Adam and I, cause I mean, if you go back, I mean, we, you know, we we streamed we streamed CanCon um, at 40k in 2019, um, which was using Best Coast pairings. Um, uh-huh. uh, and you know we were we were fine talking about Best Coast pairings um, and you know talking it up. Uh, the what what came out though was uh, there are some uh, Australians have this this weird way of being uh, dickheads sometimes. Uh, on on the world I think that's stage, a, that's you're, a like universal. Be, you're like super nationalistic, but you yeah. take it, you, you you go right for the jugular. 
we right do. to the jugular. It's uh, not just it's not just about how cool you are. It's just everyone else's garbage. Yeah, so we, which I like. Have, I like it. We'd have people that would probably trash talk us uh, and down under pairings, um, but as soon as you then compare us with anything outside of Australia, we're suddenly you know the golden child, and we can't do anything wrong. Like it was it was a really weird um, dichotomy. Well, there. I mean. In fairness to Australians, anything that's sort of outside of the light from the campfire will probably kill you. So it's a good, it's a good healthy habit, I think, yeah, to be very, yeah. you know. Um, but so we, um, that first LVO, um, so our first CanCon that we streamed, um, we we reached out through the Chapter Tactics um, podcast because we'd been on there a couple of times, Adam and I, uh, and. Because, yeah, there was there was some bad blood brewing from other people that we just wanted to make crystal clear. It had absolutely nothing to do with us, and there was nothing we could do to stop them. Um, uh, and it's it's actually it's quite funny, because the, the conversation that ended up happening with um, Paul and the team, and Adam and myself, when, uh, when we finally, quote-unquote, got together, was... Um, was ha- I think it was... I want to say Casey... But um, anyway, one, um, uh, one of the BCP team basically said, um, how will your supporters or how will your followers take this? <laughs> um, because <laughs> they, they, they could just be, um, yeah, rabid dogs sometimes. Um, and look, I'd say it to their face. So, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, guys, this is, the, you're the not making this easy for us. The 40K community is very uh, tight-knit in uh, worldwide, but it, especially when you start getting to your own neck of the woods. Well, it's it's an in-person regional thing, and uh, you know, Peter and I get to you know straddle all of those different spheres and areas, and maybe that's that's why it was maybe easier for us to realize that you were two cool dudes that could probably get along, as as are the other people involved. Um, so, but I mean, beyond all that, I mean, you are um, you know BCP, and and certainly and in, in down under pairings was also starting to monetize, but you know, actual businesses. Um, so you know, once you weren't. Um, you know, just talking pleasantries and, and uh, you know, realizing that, hey, wait a minute, these guys know what they're doing too and, you know, we can get along here. How did the, the business stuff shake out? Like, have you, is it an actual formal, like, merger? Are you, are you partnered up? Like, what, how does that all go down? Yeah, it's all, all one team now. I mean, that's, that's, it's, uh, it, we're under the, the BCT banner just because it, it was easier that way. But, uh, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's one, one team, one dream now. Um, so as as BCP and uh, no no disrespect to to Josh here, you know, I mean, you guys are the you know the I don't know what your market share would be, Peter. Uh, gut take: How many tournaments are on BCP versus everything else? Eighty six percent. Eighty six percent. That's pretty, probably pretty accurate. Hot take, guys. I don't know what your research would tell you, Paul, but <laughs> it's a lot. And I certainly at the at the you know GT major. That's a level. GT major percentage. Yeah. Uh, I I bet it's cl- in the nineties for once you get uh, RTTs involved, but. Because you know there's Scotland and other places, um, and Australia until recently. So yeah. um, you know when you when you're looking to add something like DUP to the team, you know who are yeah they've got their they've got their their tournaments and their committed uh, you know organizers who who work with them. But also, I mean, I think you're bringing in some some talent and some skills. What did you see that was a was an appealing mesh aside from just mindset? What is, what is what does down under pairings add to the BCP experience that you thought hey let's let's actually work formally together? Ooh, that's a it's, I mean. It's Josh's skill set is is pretty extensive. I mean, that's uh, got some a, a very skilled builder on in there, and Adam is is 
a really good talking point too, as far as he brings in. <laughs> He's a big talker. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, get, you guys. Anytime we can get someone to get themselves in front of a camera like that, you know, it's that's a or on a on a podcast or on a you know, it's it's that's just more legs to help you get out there. Because I mean, it's one of the things that I've I've seen about the it's not just forty k, it's the gaming industry in, in general. Is it like even though we're, we have this huge group of people who know about the tournament scene and, and the ITC and whatever other game we're talking about, right? It's, it's the same across all of these. But still only accounting for a very small fraction of the, the population of, of, of the game, that game. And so the more people you can have, the more different ways that uh, you can get eyes on you and what you do, I mean, it keeps growing. I, I if, if COVID hadn't happened, the ITC would have grown exponentially this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, you know, it's it's continued to do that every single year, right? So I mean, it's just I think this is the year that even you know I I, I right after LVO seeing you know getting Josh on the team and everything like that too. It was I mean going to Gamma with Gamma in case you guys don't know is a huge gaming trade show that we were at literally the week that stuff hit the fan for COVID, right? And uh, it was it was very surreal to be there as COVID was unfolding, but it was um, I mean it. We BCP has actually made a name in the gaming industry in multiple games, and yes. people know to to look for it. And we're working on some some stuff with with some players in the industry and stuff too. But it's um, I lost my train of thought here. But that that uh, having that name out there and um, skill sets, yeah, yeah it, it, it's getting getting in front of people it's you still run into uh lots of stores and uh manufacturers publishers that just didn't even know about the competitive scene didn't know about uh even for their own game systems it's kind of crazy so it's it's the more people you can have voicing what you do and the more podcasts you can get on the more websites you can get talking about the other the more you can grow as a parent software as a league as a uh podcast i mean it's just there's we don't touch as many people as we think we do to, to account for the, the for depth reasons. of our communities. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm Back it up, Diff. Hey, it's social <laughs> so, distancing. It's true. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're as distant as you can get. We're in four different time, time zones here, folks. This is very safe. Um, the uh, so And by the way, thank you, uh, Josh. You're up at a very early hour. It's like when we're on uh, Honest Wargamer. Um, but uh, so, Diff, so on the other side of things, like you're getting sort of, you know, keys to the... To the not quite the kingdom, but like BCP is pretty badass. They've got massive user base, um, and so you you get to to join the team and start adding to it. What was the thing you were like most looking forward to being able to add to things or or bring to the table as as a new member of the team? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the things uh, I've been quite um, into for for quite some time, especially around competitive 40k, is stats. Uh, uh, which uh, is no surprise to, to, to most of the people on, on this podcast. Um, and Down Under Pairings was, uh, it had a a much, uh, as discussed, a much smaller uh, piece of the pie, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. We were doing some pretty cool stuff with, with stats and player profiles and, and faction trends and, and all that kind of cool stuff. But the, the yeah. amount of games was just, um, uh, it was relevant to Australians, but it wasn't relevant to non-Australians, if that makes sense. Because um, what, well, you know, what what factions are doing well in Australia um, with a small data set is kind of not so um, uh, representative of of a, of a larger meta. And uh, so when I uh, came over, or I guess coming back a few steps on on how it kind of actually happened, uh, I know um, there was the conversation. Um, 
that uh, Adam and and Paul had, thanks to thanks to Val. But um, what what originally started was Adam and I didn't think that was a merge was actually going to happen. It wasn't something in our minds um, that was was likely to occur. What we were hoping to do was get access to um, BCP data to uh, fill out our our stats engine. Um, and then Paul's like, well, we want to do stats. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so the, the biggest thing for me was getting my hands on just a metric ton of, um, of data. Um, so for 2019, um, 40K, so Jan 1st to 31st of December, there was eight, over 85,000 games of Warhammer 40,000 in Best Coast pairings. That's um, wild. That's not including the data that we have that was imported, so people who imported their spreadsheets that we still know win-loss ratios for. Um, that is right. literally just events using Best Coast pairings. That's how many games we have um, so- for 40K. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. It's before we epic. before we uh, deep dive into into stats because I think I'll probably let Falcon lead lead the party there. I do want to just double back um, and again not to be a bummer, but um, you know I'm a huge believer in, in both of what you guys have been doing. I think you're so so valuable and and you know I was you know not, certainly nowhere near as heartbroken as 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 or experiencing what Paul was going through on the LVO, but you know that was a big you know um, boo boo on a, on a big stage. And I'm just curious to know, do you guys feel like this merger, um, you know, adds capacity to the team to to maybe add some more redundancy or to you know approach how things are structured to to give BCP you know that that um, more insulation, more reliability going forward to larger and larger events. I do. I, if, if if nothing else, it's another set of eyes on on everything. Uh, Post LVO, uh, we we took some deep dives into things, and I mean, just I think it's been beat up before, but. What brought down BCP at LVO was not something that normally should have brought down anything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, uh, I think that the, the, the checks have been made to make sure that it won't happen again. And adding drops to the team is just another set of eyes that's going to help them make sure that things are going the way they should. So I mean, I. Think I- I've I've heard like um, some pining maybe for some features around BCP. One thing that that Downer Pairings has, which is interesting because you know you have the you have the app, which is which is awesome, but there there isn't that browser based experience, right? And as a result, maybe not no opportunity to have things offline. I don't know if that's even possible, but just sort of redundancies that might uh, you know make things survivable in the event of like a you know denial service attack or you know something messed up happening with some. AWS minutiae that that somehow um, you know winds up screwing everything up, which is what happened at the LVO. Um, you know, is there is there something like the the front end back end mer- merging together that might add a little bit of you know some redundancies or things that can can help out in in future events? Ultimately, at some point, we'll have to have an offline mode or a fail safe mode. 
um, the nature of the way that either system works or this you know, system moving forward works is we, we, the internet is built on using lots of different programs to make programs work. And if unfortunately one of the side effects is if one of those programs doesn't work, that it can cause a cascade effect and make other programs not work. Yeah. Um, there's really no way to have the kind of tools that we've developed, whether in, in the DCP space or the DUP space, um, and not rely on cloud infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we, we have put tons and tons of thought and time into trying to figure out ways to make it work. Um, and it just, you just ultimately lose out on what, what makes these things what they are. Right. Um, so it's, it's something that we continue to have as, as a project we'd like to accomplish. Um, but it's one of those things that it's a trade off. What do you, what do you give up to make something like that happen? That's a, a, a fail safe. Um, which I mean, it's realistically, if, if something like AWS goes down, the internet's down. It's not yeah. just BCP. It's everything, you know, like it's it, when it happened. Uh, and actually that did happen one time for BCP is the AWS went out. It wasn't our fault, but almost all the websites on the East coast completely stopped working. So it wasn't anything we could do about it. It was just, it was a, Basically, what the internet runs on just went away. Yeah. Um, the route, but, the route, and the wheel stopped for a, a cheese break. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, it's, it's we, we have it as as one of the projects we want to do is have an offline support. We have an idea on what we want to do to do uh, to make that happen. It's just it's one of those things about what do we give up as a project uh, to build that. And so what we focused on was reinforcing and, and do, uh, making improvements to what we've already had, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what we focus on in the meantime because ultimately. I, it's it's one of those things that we we don't want to uh, we don't want to sacrifice on on what we can do for something that someone might see once in a thousand events, you know. Right. Um, so that's that's basically we put our efforts into into things that are making this better, not just a, a potential failsafe that you don't ever actually want to use in the first place. Also on on um on one of the things that Adam and I were um, discussing as part of the merge or the pair up or, or whatever, whatever buzzword you want to throw at it, um, uh, was reliability and, and, and LVO. And, and one of the advantages of, um, of getting someone like myself, who's, um, got a bit of a tech background chatting with the, the BCP lads, uh, was we could, we could talk, you know, infrastructure and, and, and discuss the, the technical side of it and, um, it's really hard to, to really get across to people um, the specifics of what went wrong. Um, and I, the post that went out just after LVO, I think, did a really good job of, of, of explaining it. Um, yep. However, uh, from, from my perspective, when I was able to take that and, and ask a few questions, I mean, Adam and I pretty much said we, we wouldn't go ahead if we weren't confident that something like what happened at, at LVO. Um, and to be honest, what happened at 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 um, CanCon for us wouldn't happen again. Um, so my my plan for making sure something didn't happen um, to down under pairings again, like happened at CanCon, was to move to AWS um, mm. because um, it it effectively would resolve that issue. Um, the BCP issue has been resolved, uh, and as you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's it's done, it's dusted in the past um and a lot of people out there um 
that probably were at LVO may have a bad taste in their mouth, but it and and um, may not have necessarily taken, you know, um, BCP's word so to speak at it. But I I can say I we wouldn't have gone ahead with the merge if we weren't confident that um, that was a non-issue. So um, take that awesome as it is, um, I guess, uh, or for what it is. But uh, yeah. No, I, I, the only reason I bring it up is because I think of exactly what what uh, what Josh said, and also I mean we're talking about a system here that that handles a ton of events, hitch free. Uh, the BCP guys, just like uh, in Australia for down our pairing guys, you're you're in person at a lot of the larger events, providing like on site, um, you know, support. You are literally physically accountable to what's going on on the ground, and so I've always been you know big supporters of you guys, and uh, I think this is. Um, this is going to, you know, put a lot of new energy into, in, into BCP and help you overcome it because you're going to add a lot of cool stuff. And I think that's maybe where we should, we should segue to seamlessly, which is what uh, Diff was trying to get to, which is stats. Uh, player profiles, Paul, I don't know if you realize this, but you may have hinted at it on a, on a, uh, on a, a, a podcast like, I don't know. Right around when you, st- I feel almost like when you started, you get, you were talking about player profiles, personalized stats. Um, it's always been, um, you know, the closest thing to vaporware that BCP has, um, and mostly I know that because I'm I was so excited about that concept, and uh, so now here we are. Um, you know, BCP DUP are together, and it seems like stats are, are what you guys are leading with. So, what are some of the exciting things that you guys are doing around, you know, personalized stats or even meta stats? Sure. Um, well, uh, so at the moment we're we're rolling it out to, um, and it'll be in the imminent. Um, uh, so it, it, we're talking days, not weeks. Um, but it'll be rolled out with uh, 40k to start with, and then other game systems uh, very promptly afterwards. Um, so we're leading with uh, two main uh, views: so uh, player and faction. Uh, so we have what we call a, um, a meta-analysis page, um, which basically is going to show the top five factions by win rate, um, where they have at least 1% of the meta. So if you've got some weird, wonky, like, assassins list that somehow managed to go um, five wins and they're the only um, person to run pure assassins, so suddenly they have a 100% win rate, it won't show. Um, at least not on the, the meta-analysis, because that just doesn't make sense. Um, and then we have the top five factions by uh, by meta percentage. So um, there'll be no surprise here, but um, Marines hold up 12.26% of the 2019 year. <clears throat> um, uh, Orcs were fifth at 5.85, which I, I think um, was one of the surprising stats for me anyway. Um, and then we have the top five players by win rate and top five players by number of games. So shout out to John Starks with 86 games on Best Coast Pairings in 2019. It's a few games. It's um, just a couple. Yeah. Uh, and then basically what we're, we're doing is um, we've got a, a, a more in-depth uh, faction or more in-depth player analysis. So for, um, you know, for uh, Marines uh, or a difference of Stardis, for example, um, there's a, a pretty graph of uh, win-loss ties, win percentage versus their season percentage. 
Um, so this, this, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I think um, probably interests some of the some of the people following uh, Stat Center. Um, so what what would be so so Marines had for the calendar year a win percentage of fifty two point two seven five percent. When do you think they broke their average, though, as in got above their average? Because you can imagine that Marines didn't have a flat kind of um, win rate over the year. It kind of it kind of escalated as as we got close to that that end of the year. What what we we, we can tell you what like the exact weekend it went above. Um, any guess? Just say it. What is it? Eighth of September, <laughs> twenty nineteen. So the week after they became eligible to be played, uh, yeah, the week after they became eligible to be played in tournaments. Yeah, yeah, and and they were immediately um, um, jumping. Um, now yeah. it's interesting when you say, when when people say jumping with win rates. I mean, they only jumped like what did they jump? They jumped like two or three percent, um, which doesn't sound like a lot um, uh, initially, and then they they jumped quite quite a bit. Um, but like that's a that's a big jump uh, when you consider most factions sits pretty close to fifty percent win rates, um, as as you guys would know. Um, the uh, person who's played the most marine games, um, I think, is Patrick. Uh, McEnany. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah. And he has a seventy-five percent win rate. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's solid. Is, is 60 wins. He's had a good win rate losses. for like two years with them. He ran Ultramarines and I believe White Scars at one point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we take a we take a look at um, at at some trends. We take a look at then specific players that have played that, um, and uh, then we have the same. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we have the same uh, kind of trend charts for uh, for then player analysis. So. Um, uh, he had a, a, a couple of um, uh, Patrick had a, had a couple of spikes. Um, didn't have a great February of 2019, um, uh, but then it only went up from there pretty much. So it's just um, what what I'm uh, really keen to see uh, is uh, is start putting in uh, specific uh, time points on these charts. So obviously, you know, I you know put out a date of when Marines started doing well. Uh, and Falcon being being Falcon was able to say, oh, that's because that's when Marines dropped or was or, or were eligible. I want that kind of stuff on the chart somehow, so as people can go, okay, so some things take two weeks for it to, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Some never, <laughs> some never make the cut, um, even once they get a new new book. So it's it's really interesting to see some of these um, these stats trend trend over a, over a season uh, rather than just what they are um, right now. So I have uh, a little bit of a sneak peek here. This is probably one of the first legitimate scoop perks I've ever had as a 40k podcaster. So thank you for this, guys. Um, uh, so actually, I just sorted the uh, games played by um, you know by I sorted the, the the list by games played. So leader that I get here when I do that is actually John Lennon. 77 games played, 66 and 10 is uh, and then one tie. Um, but the one that blew my mind here is that in the tw- this is calendar year, right? Yeah, calendar year. Yep. All right, so 2019 calendar year, T.J. Lanigan, 73 wins, one tie, two losses in 76 games played. 
Um, just about the entire top 10, by the way, folks, is our names that you would recognize. We have uh, John Lennon, TJ Lanigan, Jim Vessel, Richard Siegler, Evan Stump. No, who's Evan Stump, Pete? Evan Stump uh, is a Tau player from, oh, what area is that? Like the Midwest, I want to say. He he puts in a large number of uh, of like small GTs. Um, see his name pretty regularly. He top foured, I think, three events last 50, year. Three 58, GTs. 58 games. Uh, Jessica Bowman, by the way, she had the, uh, what, fifth most amount of games played, 67 games. Brian Pollan, Jason Bird, Daniel Olivas, Nick Nanavati. These are all people, almost... Everyone, I don't know if Evan Stump was on our show. Must have been. Um, almost every single one of them have been on this show, and uh, I just want to point out that immediately, um, you know, people who win games, uh, I think, probably play a lot of games. Uh, that probably is a bit of a correlator there. Well, uh, I'd say it's. Uh, I mean, to win a lot, you have to play a lot, but you don't necessarily just because you play a lot doesn't mean you win a lot. Um, there's plenty of people out there. Um, I'm. One of the things I've uh, ever since lowest win percentage, lowest win percentage in all the names I just listed was seventy-seven percent. Yep. So yeah, you're still winning a lot. Anyway. Well, uh, so uh, are you looking uh, at the 2019 season or the 2019 season for a specific faction? I'm looking at 2019 Warhammer 40k player analysis. Okay. So it's cool. just it's just the the big stats for everybody, which yeah. I, I this is actually literally something only I guess like Pete would have had an idea of some of these. Um, it is calendar year though. Would love to see this in ITC year. So Pete, what are your what are your, some of your feelings here? Like these guys are about to take your job. Well, that's what I've been asking for for a year and a half. So <laughs> I'm like I'm. <laughs> I'm very glad if they can make it work out. Um, and so far, I mean, like Josh and I have had a couple quick talks about this stuff. I really like what they're doing. Um, there's a few things I, I, I want to make sure they're looking at. Uh, and one of them is that kind of like garbage in, garbage out. Um, what are we, what are you looking at from a filters perspective? Because one thing I've noted, you know, doing this for so long is it, like we don't, BCP um, and, and DUP to a smaller extent never had like a, uh, a a stopgap for for players to just you know put in garbage for their lists or for you know what they're actually playing. So there was a lot of error there. Um, I'm assuming Josh and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Like this isn't actually looking at the the player list, right? When it's saying what faction these people are playing, it's just looking at the name and then whatever they put in as their top faction. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Current, current so if they said yep. so if they said Dark Mechanicum, that's what it is. So from my experience, that's about a 12 percent error rate right there. Um, in people just choosing whatever willy nilly versus actually choosing like the faction they actually play, um, so that's something that I just I, I, I'm curious as to if that's a step you're going to look at correcting. Um, you know, also this does include everything RTTs, etc., and and that can cause issues because that error rate goes up when you look at RTTs. It's why I. I didn't do them. It had less to do with time because I can make time, I guess, um, for why I didn't cover RTTs and more because the fewer people, the less uh, please, important please the results were. Please from don't a, make Pete do RTTs. I like a, them too much. A locale perspective because, you know, you can have like a six-person RTT in a basement and the, the results there may not matter as much as, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And on top of that, um, very rarely are those lists actually pu uh, published. Uh, sometimes you'll see RTTs that are eight players and everyone ran Space Wolves, which probably isn't what actually happened. Um, 
So those are all things that I'm just curious about, just to make sure that we're getting the most accurate data we can. Yeah. Um, is that stuff you're looking at? Because I know like BCP implemented that super cool like list uh, checker, quote unquote, um, that's, you know, that probably can be expanded on. Is that something you guys are looking at or like, where are we going from here? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, there's a couple of questions there. So I'll, I'll start with there's the, like eight. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, but that's, that's all right. I'll start with this the is the stuff bit. I'm excited about. I'll start with the accuracy bit about factions. Um, so we do um, the BCP does have the the list parser. So um, at the moment, um, we are just looking at the faction that was um, I guess self-recorded. Uh, the which will will line up with uh, things like ITC faction awards. Um, so if someone has so at the moment. Initially, it is uh, effectively going to be community policed for the for the I guess the the pointy end. Um, so if uh, if someone said they ran um, gene stealer cult when technically they didn't because they had uh, um, a tyranids detachment or something, um, yeah, very uh, common. Yep. Yeah, uh, or someone said they were thousand sons but they weren't. They were chaos um, because they had a, a demons detachment or whatever. Um, that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, right now, I mean, that will still be there uh, and it will be based on, you know, if, if someone was winning lots and they're in the faction awards, someone will bring that up just like they do now. But it's not going to help us with the um, the uh, the faction wide stats where you've got little Timmy um, in a in a smaller event that no one no one looked at the fact that, you know, he's been putting the wrong factions down. Um, that's that's stage one. Um, but we are looking at then implementing the um, the the list parser to then do a deeper dive. So um, one is looking at factions uh, and making sure the factions um, quote unquote correct on the on the list. The other one is looking at units. Um, so I'm really keen on 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 starting to do some deep analysis on uh, on you know what units are winning, um, potentially even what unit combinations, which might be a little trickier. Um, but you know when did a you know when did uh, I don't know when did Smash Captains become you know um, the the winning the winning addition to a certain archetype, um, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, um, and it's when they were released. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's um, from an accuracy standpoint, it is something we're we're going to be looking at. Um, it just um, it's uh, it will be self-reported factions for the for the time being. Um, as far as the the size, so uh, right can I, now, can I can I throw something out there? In. Yeah. Uh, so, so just on on that, um, you know, data quality thing, and I don't even know where I, I learned this concept, um, but you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're doing data entry and you're trying to get people to put things in correctly, you limit the amount of fields that they have to enter, and if you really want them to enter in the correct thing, you don't let them continue without doing that thing. Um, have you guys, you know, is there any thought? Because um, I'm, you know, I've I've pitched it to tournament organizers um you know the idea of you know minimum standard to get itc points you got your lists in and you know your factions are right and not just not just a picture of a napkin with your list but you actually cut and paste a friggin' list in into in bcp or post it somewhere publicly for people who have tinfoil on their heads about using an app um you know so like just just means of saying there's accountability for the data that goes in because i mean you guys as a business as this is a feature, you're, you have yourself interested to make sure that this data is actually representative. That's actually good. Um, yeah. You know, are there any, any things that you could do to help 
you know, encourage people or force people to, you know, make sure that their, you know, uh, factions in there or, you know, that their list is posted, that kind of thing. Yes and no. Um, so the, I'll, I'll start with the, the yes part. Um, so yes, I mean, we could, we could force people to, to do things. Um, but generally speaking, um, it just creates a barrier, um, especially for smaller events. Um, I think the, where you started mentioning, um, you know, to be eligible for ITC points, you have to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, well, that's, that's probably more of a, um, an FLG ITC, um, uh, question than specifically best coast pairings. Uh, what we will be allowing at um, at a later date is the ability to filter on um, on circuit. So rather than necessarily just calendar year, you'd be able to say, "All right, I'm the you know the 2019 um, ITC circuit, or um, or whether it be um, other game systems or you know, whatever, um, or even a local league. You know, so you might have you might run a be in a store, and that store might have their own little circuit going." Um, of you know one event a month, and they they want to run stats on on their circuit. So what that would then effectively mean is that circuits can define um, their own restrictions on on what's um, what's in mm. there. Um, like I would I would throw out even like you know if if you said you know you can use BCP you can do whatever you want with it, but if you want stats to be tracked, like if you take this box, then there might be a more you know restricted way of 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 entering in the player information you know what i mean like just something because that way that way a to could say no i'm not going to force my players to do that and they opt out or whatever and then the players don't get their stats and they get pissed and then the to realizes that hey i can just tell my players you got to cut and paste your list into this thing because you're using friggin battle scribe anyway you know just like things that help change behavior because i think if you can you can use features to drive behavioral change, which is exactly what BCP did in the first place. You know, like it was impossible to have any kind of a list publicly posted outside of like the blood of kittens guy, like sleuthing them out, you know, prior to this. So like there, there's, there are ways I just trying to encourage using my, my platform here a bit to, to encourage you guys to look at ways to like just engineer some social change on that front. Cause that's really the, the final frontier is if, if a list is in there, right, you can check to see if the, like you, you can eventually, be able to check to, to verify whether that faction is correct. Well, and that's, um, that's what the parser will... I mean, ultimately, we have the parser set up, so the parser will say, hey, this person... It, it won't change your faction for you, but will say this this faction is not matching what you put in. So we'll, we'll throw you know flags up to the TO so the TO can see it, the community can see it. I mean, the, the best policing we have available to us is the community. Um, and that's, that's not going to change. Um, but... I mean, this is this is also kind of a problem that only exists in the miniature space. I mean, we start dealing with the card games. It's it's if you don't submit your list, you don't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But it, it just it kind of only it, it it only it did this idea of, of trying to keep your hidden sauce and things like that is, is only kind of a uh, it only exists in our our, our game our, our miniatures community. And I'm, I'm I don't really not sure what we can what the answer is there. But there's it's cool to have. The, the DUP guys on too that we have this extra bandwidth to build out the actual cool things and one of the things that I, I think Valley you and I have talked about quite some time ago is is actually even doing achievements and so we can mm-hmm. add player profiles and throw up badges and things like that if, if, if you're someone who has a 100% list submission you get a badge you know something to that effect is I, I think it's 
instead of we don't want to punish players for behaviors, we want to re- reward good behaviors and remove no, it's, it's yeah. a balancing act to try and make sure that we don't make further complications to the tournament organizer. Cause that's the person we want to inconvenience the least. It's mm-hmm. what can we do to incentivize the players to do the action we want them to. And I think things like badges, and then on top of that, the the risk of public shame is is the other big one. So you know, that's always driving force. Heck yeah. I just think a big thing for me, um, looking at the stats from Josh here, um, is I just want to make sure that we're as accurate as possible whenever we can be. So if that means you have a filter that's just set up that says, hey, um, any event that had less than whatever, 85% list submission, we don't include the stats. Or and it can just be a filter if you want it, and you want to see what everything is, and just you know go with the potential error rate. Go by, uh, by all means, do it. But I think stuff like that uh, at least improves the viewership from like uh, someone like myself. And I mean, it's very selfish, but it's it's what I am. It's what I am. Or you know, to a lesser extent, um, the guys that actually make the rules for this game, because I know that they look at the stats and. Th- so them will they will probably want to use something like BCP stats in order to make adjustments. And if the stats aren't accurate, that that gives me a little bit of the goosebumps, a little bit of the the pimples. Um, and I just want to make sure that that when this goes forward, like you know, we've got the best stuff we can for the game. No, for for sure. And so look, so do we. Um, uh, I mean, the the whole reason um, I started doing uh, stats in down on pairings was it's because it was what excited me. Um, cause I'm a crazy person, uh, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I did it because it's something I was, I was really keen to, keen to see. And I, I, I too want to make sure that it, um, it, it is as accurate as, as possible. Um, at the moment, um, if someone doesn't have a faction listed, um, then we're only tracking their individual result right, for that game mm-hmm. rather than, um, uh, rather than their, the faction they played because we don't know it um but we are we are tracking currently every um you know every game by player by faction by player by faction faction versus faction and player faction versus faction which is a bit of a mouthful there um but we will we are at least tracking how many times you know um fred was playing marines against tau um and or just playing marines or how many games fred just played um now yes we we've got to we're going to work on trying to get that list passer to to try and uh, f- uh suggest factions to people a little a little better um and that is that is on our cards but um yeah right now it is it is player player policed um as far as then additional filters which you know some of the things that um that falcon you know kind of dished out um, one of the things I am looking at, um, or we are looking at putting in, is um, some event size kind of filters. Um, so potentially things like, you know, for only major events, you know, what's it look like, or or for only RTTs, you know, and then or for, you know, GTs or you know, like basically putting in uh, event size kind of parameters um, to to give you a, a a look at a specific kind of section of the of the meta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you gave the example of, um, of, of trying not to include RTTs, but I'm also interested in, um, and uh, the, I mean, the stats you kind of throw out there um, that they might be using for rules, but they also, I mean, there might be um, companies out there that are also trying to work out how popular an army is. Um, and, uh, and sometimes popularity does not um, 
mean they do well at you know large events i mean what's you know space you, you talk about that that event that had eight space with players that actually might have been a thing um oh, yeah. like uh and uh it's it's um i think those rtts sometimes show show some really quirky stats now i'm not suggesting you should use those to change rules um uh, but as far as popularity um that's it's still relevant um so yeah, that, yeah, and I think that that probably is why you also see something like, like I've heard you talking a lot of other places that you keep being mind blown by orcs appearing so high up on your meta share, um, which I think wouldn't be that surprising depending on the stretch. No, um, I mean orcs held 40... between five and six percent of the meta share since their book came out. So it's like the fact that he said they were like at five point five or whatever. That's just what they've been. They've oh, I don't yeah. think they've ever dropped when below book, a five. When did the book drop? What uh, end of twenty eighteen? No, it was November twenty eighteen. Because it was Renegade Open was the first yeah. event they were used, so. I, well, I guess so, from my my perspective, they when they dropped, I mean, around the um, the LVO of 2019, um, around that time, I mean, there was a lot of orc lists. Um, there was also the, the orcs were doing quite well. Um, yeah, and then as the they year still, went on, um, I think they only ever broke eight. They broke eight percent, I think, very very briefly. It was the they highest they ever were. Surprisingly high, though. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. Yeah, that the, was the GT level anyway. Yeah, that was for a couple weeks, really, before uh, before things went kind of south for them. Um, I mean, they were only two to three percent of the meta before their book dropped. So, yeah. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. Like, but yeah, like this is just the stuff I'm always curious about when it comes to automating statistics. Is we just have to make sure that we're, we're able to filter out the the noise, right? Um, yep. well, another I mean, thing. We'll be able to Sorry. filter out some of it with um with with size filters. Um, but yeah. and then another thing, um, have you thought about? And I'm sure you have. Uh, like geospatial filters. Is that something you guys would consider? So uh, yeah. can you track by whatever what particular area? Because I think that is something that I, a lot of people are very interested in. We talk a lot about local metas um, on on our podcast on Stat Center. We've talked about it with you all the time. Uh, whenever we bring up Australia, is like they're so weird with their horde meta that never went away. Um, things like that. So I think just as that's something that I would love to see automated. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, I think we're what we're trying to work out is um, the best um, the best way of handling regional areas uh, or um, regional zones. So one of the things um, coming you know, circling right back to some of the things um, talked about um, earlier about you know. Amazon and, and, and all this sort of stuff. So one of the things that Best Coast Pairings has done um, very well that um, Downer Pairings never really looked at, um, never thought it was a need, and then now I wish I did, uh, <laughs> um, was when you set up, I mean, they do they do integration with Google Maps stuff. So basically when mm -hmm. you put in an event uh, and you say where it is, um, uh, behind this, like Google tells us the um, for the address you put in, what the um, coordinates are, so longitude, latitude stuff. So the idea being that we'll be able to do um, things like include events within a, I don't know, within a hundred kilometers of me. Um, uh, so rather than say Australia or a state, um, being able to actually put in like distance, uh, which I mm -hmm. think is pretty cool. Um, That's great for finding events too. Yeah, which I think it's yeah. what they, they use that for. Yeah. So um, um, the, the 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 little sneak peek that are uh, that that I sent through to you guys. So the super the, badass. So the home page, which looks very similar 
to the existing Best Coast Pairings homepage. Um, it will list the next five events uh, within, I think it's two weeks, if my memory serves me correctly, um, uh, sorted by geolocation. So the top one is the closest event to you. Um, so you can get a quick snapshot of, of how far events, you know, the, of, of the events that are near you, um, which, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a game, um, if you've got a, if you're jonesing for some 40k when, uh, when this COVID thing finally disappears, um, then you'd be able to find the one closest to, you, not just, yeah, which I'm pretty excited about. There, uh, by the way, so so I know we 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 uh, we got the gotcha moments that we were looking for. Um, basically, Pete is Pete is not um, obsolete just yet. Um, I think even if you did demonstrate to him that your data was perfect, he would probably still deny it and continue to um, sift through lists uh, mm, in all of his spare no. moments. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say, what I really, really, really want to say is like, so I, I do have my little sneak peek here. And um, for one thing, one of my most wished for features of all time, Pete will like this too, is that you can click on an event and it opens in a separate window. And when I go back to my original search, it's still there. It's yeah, just, it's bringing a tear so to my swell. eye, guys. There's so many like basic, like uh, not basic, but like just like user experience improvements here, like just on this first you know, this is probably still even just a, an early, early evolution of, of what you guys are doing with the web stuff. Um, but this portal, like immediately, like the usability of being able to move around and find things that I'm looking for, incredible. And so yeah. as you add more filters, which probably in your list of jobs to do uh, diff is likely one of the easier ones, like it'll just become even more and more usable. I think this is really awesome uh, development. So, and on um, the stats them, and just just to say, like on the stats themselves, like um, I love looking at, like uh, you know, just asking. It's like having a magic eight ball, right? Like so, you can just ask it questions, and you know, stuff like at the high end of you know who 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 played the most amount of games. I was able to ask, answer that in like quick seconds. You combine that, who played the most amount of games in my neighborhood? That's even cooler, right? Yeah. Um, so what are what are some of the questions you guys are excited to ask your your magic eight ball of stats? Well, um, you know, what are the things that you're you're really keen to to get in the hands of people that they, they're going to be able to see and find out? Well, there's, there's there's two things I'm really excited about. One is something I want to do, um, and one is something that I'm hoping others will want to do. Um, I'm hoping they also want to do my one as well. But uh, basically, I want to have uh, for factions, I want to have uh, overlaid data, and what I mean by that is I want to show the 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 entire faction. So let's just pick uh, Marines for an example. All right, I want to show their trends. Uh, I want to show their stats. But then over the same chart, and I haven't worked out how I classify this, I want to show the top players ratios. So whether that's, the, I don't know, the top five, top 10%, I, I, you know, based on rankings or, or whatever, and show theirs. So when a faction uh, first drops, um, you know, in some cases like Marines, I mean, it just kind of auto started winning. But there are other factions that take a lot more um, finesse and you have to kind of find that secret source. I'm really interested to see how quickly players like TJ, like your Nanavadis, Sieglers, etc., how quickly they pick up a secret source uh, versus when they become, you know, the the new black, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when does a list... Uh, it Does a list become good because someone like TJ wins a big event and they're on stream and everyone sees it? And so the next week, suddenly everyone's taking it, um, or, or you know, 
know, that, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's one thing that I'm really keen on looking at. The other one uh, I've been chatting with Paul about is to get, um, uh, and it will probably be uh, initially at least for BCP subscribers, but to have like a, a Facebook group where we're going to do, whether it be weekly or monthly, um, stat insights. So there are some specific stats that are really hard to kind of make a generic thing for. Like I know, um, you know, the Falcon, he's done a whole bunch of, you know, where, how many knights are in a list or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's very hard to be very specific, um, but also cover every possible scenario. You kind of have to be specifically looking for something. So I'm hoping to have kind of people request going, well, I, and then we have a little vote uh, and we, we chuck out like five very specific stats, um, like a month or something that people can look for. Like how many lists have, I don't know, more than two units of Nurglings? You know, a very like random, random thing that someone voted for. That's a that's a great idea for, for a non sequitur Twitter account. Like, uh, you know, there were there were 75 Renegade Knights played this weekend. Check out BCP. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. Um, Pete, any, any, any final uh, grilling questions here? Nope, nope. I like Josh and I have talked uh, offline about this, uh, I guess online, but like off of this uh, before, and we will continue to, I'm sure. Um, I'm very excited uh, for everything that's coming because this is what I've been talking about for, like I said, like a year and a half, almost two years now. Uh, so I just can't wait. Can't wait to see how it all plays out. And uh, for the day that I don't, well, I guess I haven't for the last like two months, I haven't had to spend like 20 hours a week uh, you know, tabulating stats because these guys will do it for me and I can just lay back with my margarita and uh, dream of better things. Well, <laughs> that day's coming. Do, so rather than spending 20 hours doing um, tabulating results, it's, it's spending that 20 hours looking at results and actually, you know, digesting it. Um, no, no, I won't, or, I won't do that. Or better yet, I'll, that's like I'll, three or four games. Yeah, well, I just, I'll, I'll tell you something, Paul. Like, I don't know if you know where I live. <laughs> um, my options for games are against, like, local black bears um, and wolves. <laughs> I really don't have anybody to physically play against. So, um, and black bears are poor losers. Um, okay, I'm going to ask one question. I'm, you know, you guys have shown some like wicked features we've been waiting for, and you know, I tried to end it on a high note, but instead, I'm going to ask you for something that's not here, which I'm curious about. Which is, will we be able to using a web browser look at lists? Yes, very, very soon. There you go, guys. You just got me. I'm re-upped. I'm re-upped. So, so you got my um, subscription again, another year. <laughs> so um, uh, the we completely changed um, tack on uh, late March, early April. Um, so Paul talked about Gamma um, early on in the, the segment. Um, so we we had, um, and still have, um, we had a, a, a beta kind of being able to create events um, and, 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 and request tokens and, and all that kind of stuff uh, through this same um, uh, web app. So the plan was to roll out TO functions, then player functions um, via via a web app. So rep, so you could access it in a, you know, in a in an iOS app, an Android app, or on a browser. Um, mm. And then COVID hit, and we thought, well, there's not too many events running right now. Let's jump on stats because that's something that um, you know 
that that we can digest right now and so we can't right. change tangent but that's yeah you'll be able to the, the plan is longer term is anything you can do in the the ios and android app you'll be able to do a similar if not same function in the browser and and open it in your I guess it's also worth noting, and I haven't said this on uh, anyone else we've talked to, so it's, you guys are going to kind of get a little inside scoop here too. But so uh, one of the things we did too is we upgraded the payment system. So uh, before uh, March, we only covered uh, American dollars, Canadian dollars, and uh, kind of Australian dollars. It wasn't really uh, fleshed out on Australian dollars, but um, as of now, BCP should support I think it's twenty two different currencies. Um, so we actually can work in a lot of the European countries and virtually anywhere that you want to sell tickets to your events. And I think that's going to be a, a really big uh, feather in our cap to helping get a lot of those tournaments going towards the ITC and just using BCP in general because ticket sales drives tournaments to use the this, this system. Um, um, did, did you figure out like whatever Scotland uses for money? Because they're the ones that I need you guys to start getting to use BCP because they're like writing everything down on pieces of paper or like on rocks or whatever the frig they do is real garbage and hard to track. Well, it's so. uh, unfortunately a uh, virtual sheep isn't a thing. So we can't, uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I shouldn't say that. Every time I've had it, had to deal with them, they've been very awesome guys, but um, no, it's, they should be covered too. So um, Good. yeah, it's, I, I, I'm personally very excited about that feature too, because I know that it's one of the things that uh, a lot of the, the UK and uh, Europe is, is want to be able to make sure that they can be taking through us. Um, that's an option now too. So it's uh, as things start to open back up, uh, we'll just be seeing a lot more uh, tournaments using BCP. Just if not just for all the other neat stuff we have coming out and that we already do, uh, but they can do ticket sales through us. So I think that helps drive attendance and promote events and help to get the word out there about your event being there and helps people like yourself, uh, Falcon, to uh, track those events and you know just it makes it makes the world go around. Okay, so if there's if there's nothing else to say, I really appreciate both of your time. Diff, I know you're just getting started with your day. Pete, thanks for, for coming along. Even Paul McKelvey, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having us. Um, this was a really great chat, and hopefully relevant and interesting to at least some people out there, because I know Pete and I both uh, are big fans of yours and super into this for some reason. All six people. This has been 40K Stat Center, a presentation of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Like what we do? Subscribe to and rate us on YouTube and wherever podcasts can be found. Join the conversation. Follow 40K Stat Center on Facebook. You can also support the show directly by joining the Chapter Tactics Patreon and competitive 40K in general via the ITC Patreon or by grabbing a subscription to BCP. BCP.